a buffoon who's found himself being quite good at running networking meetings. I do believe I'm hilarious. And at some point, you have to prove mm. to yourself maybe that you mm. are or not. But it doesn't have those hilarious things with having catheters shoved up your knob and things like that, like it did last time. Some days I do feel like shit, and most days I look like shit, but that's nothing to do with the cancer. That's just how I look. But then it's kind of... <laughs> I was going to say it. You know. <laughs> Hi, welcome once again to the Engaging Marketeer podcast, and I am here today with, I would say a good friend, but he's a friend, uh, Daryl Vickers. <laughs> I'd call you an acquaintance. An acquaintance, a casual acquaintance, Daryl Vickers, uh, who is the founder and, and owner of Networks, which is a networking organization that is now in, is it seventh no, year? No, ten, ten, ten years old. Ten years old. Ten years year, old. Ten. Jesus, what, ten years? said it wouldn't last. Ten years old. Prince Andrew will be interested at this rate. Um, <laughs> you see, you can say what you want on this podcast. We, we don't really care. You know, if, if, if I get sued, I get sued. Um, so, yes, you, you created Networks ten years ten ago. Years. Ten years ago. Um, why, why the hell, why, why did you do that? Why did you want to actually do something so ridiculously difficult? Um, um, it's a very good question. Why? Um, it was, I was trying to find something that suited me because networking is amazing, as you know and I know. It's a brilliant way to sort of build your business and make new connections. Mm. But I, I dabbled in, I dabbled in B&I and things like that. I couldn't find anything I really liked. I sort of compromised by joining B4B, which I think is still out there, I think. I think there's one opening around here soon, I think. I, I think there's one opening in Chester in, in January. So they're out there. Maybe they're trying to make a comeback because they disappeared for a while. And then the guy who, who had the franchise, that was an absolute weapon. I think that's the only way I can describe <laughs> it. Um, and then started inviting people who did what I did, people who did what other people did in the meeting. And I thought, this is ridiculous. I'm paying him quite a lot of money. Hmm. Surely I can do this myself. I'm hilarious. I'm funny. And I can make something that will actually... I would like to be at. Well, I, wouldn't, I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't say hilarious. Okay. <laughs> Mildly amusing. Mildly amusing at best. <laughs> um, but it came from that, and it was just that kind of ridiculous self-confidence in myself that I can do this without any thought process whatsoever. Hmm. And it started to work, and it, it, it was... It's just gone from there. So, so what was the first meeting you opened? What was the first meeting you The very first one was in Childwall, um, June the 2nd, 2013, uh, in a Turkish restaurant by Childwall Five Ways, because I had a... a office in speak at the time and all the people at the the b for b with me came across they were instantly there there was no membership it was just turn up pay for your breakfast see what happens and i think there was 31 at the very first meeting in this tiny little restaurant packed in it was probably a health risk and a a fire issue maybe but it was (laughs) it kind of worked and it sort of leveled off eventually there was always sort of 15 20 people turning up Hmm. and it stayed like that for a little while then i opened another one in bevington near where i lived same process turn up have your breakfast, pay, give a tenner, and that was it. And then it was, it worked, and it brought business in for me. It was everything I wanted it to be. It was chaos, absolute chaos. There was no structure at all, but people seemed to like it. When, when, when you, obviously a lot of networking groups exist out there. You mentioned B&I, you mentioned b for b and there's a lot more besides that. A lot of them have similar traits. They have a, you know, a presentation where each member gives their... There's 60 seconds, if you like, and often there is a feature present. How did you ensure you made networks different? I think it was just allowing people to be themselves, and that was where the chaos came from, to be honest, because if people would turn up, they'd start talking about their business, and there's little bits, like you know from coming to the meetings, that we have like a headliner act now who sort of does their 15 minutes and that sort of thing. So (laughs) you take bits out of it, but it was... For me, I'm a very, very, very informal person. I don't have any structure in my brain whatsoever on most things. And it's that kind, but I realised as time goes by, it needed to be. But for me, it needs to be so far removed from B&I that 
when people walked in, they realised I wasn't trying to be a mini B&I because mm. I can't compete against B&I in terms of budget, size, scale, whatever it might be. So it was just about being somewhere where people could talk a lot more, not be structured, not be said that they need to do A, B, C and D. It was your own accountability. It's your business. You talk about it. You push yourself. You arrange meetings away from the meetings. And it kind of it kind of worked. But there was a lot of, I don't know, sneering and looking down the nose that mm. people just thought, that's just a chaotic two hours. And to be fair, <laughs> 10 years ago, it was. Looking mm. back now, it's amazing that people sort of came. But it was a joy. And I loved it. It was everything I would want at the time networking to be. But B&I was a massively dominant part of networking. And still is, but then it was even more marked, mm. particularly in Liverpool, Wirreland, where I was trying to dip me toe in. So it was kind of a battle. And, it, and I think still people think, and you know what the meetings are like. We do laugh a lot. We do have fun at the meetings. But for me, being in business can be really serious. And you, you want that away from it. A networking meeting I want people to walk out with a smile on their face having laughed a lot having enjoyed each other's company listened to what people have said people get things off the chest you know mm. that from what we get at yeah. the Birkenhead meeting and that's what sort of developed over the years so the actual differences between myself and the others now is more marked than it was I would say just in the fact that we're a, a really great place to go to get support find work still but the support we give to each other and we give to other people in the room is amazing it just puts hairs on it makes your hair stand on end it's amazing mm. what we do and that's where the kind of differences come over the years and that's through listening to people taking feedback realising that now people give me quite a lot of money to be at the meeting each year and I need to be more accountable to them mm. but it's still that joy is still there that I wanted 10 years ago that will never go away because I'm just a, a buffoon who's found himself being quite good at running networking meetings and really understanding people and understanding what people are thinking when they walk through the door and realising they're having a bad day, so we'll go and maybe talk to them and see if there's things they want to get off their chest or whatever. That's mm. my kind of skill, yeah. just by being a, an understanding person who, who realises what's going on in people's heads when you sort of have a little chat with them. Well, It's interesting that you brought that up because it... I think that is one of the big fundamental differences with networks and other networking groups, that other networking groups have this fixed structure. There is no flexibility. So if somebody were to come to a B&I meeting, for example, and they had a big problem in their business that week, there's no flexibility within the meeting to go, right, let's help you. Whereas in networks, there is. And I know we've done that. We've had yeah. people where we, suddenly the meeting has turned into sort of a counselling session, part of a mastermind, maybe an action learning session, and the whole structure of the meeting has gone, right, well, let's shelve that bollocks. Yeah. Let's, let's focus on what you need right now. And it, it does have that, which, which I think is great. It, oh, it's amazing. Yeah. Honestly, it's just the best thing in the world, the fact that people can just be themselves. And, and we say it all the time that people wear their heart on their sleeve. And we've had people crying at the meetings, mainly at your jokes, but mainly lots of people sort of crying at the meetings and just bearing their soul a little bit. <laughs> Some people laugh so hard that they cry. I've not seen them. <laughs> <You> Never. <laughs> no, well, not when you're telling the jokes. No, obviously. You know, you, you've got to be looking at my audience for that. Looking at my audience. I mean, you know, I mean, I am a Liverpool Comedy Festival winner. Well, it's always taken you seven minutes to get that in. Excellent work. <laughs> Thank you. I've lost my bet with Graham Walker now. <laughs> I mean, well, I mean, let's, let's go briefly on that because we've we've both done that. We we, have. We've both, for some reason, decided we were going to do stand-up comedy. 
you did it one year, I did it the following year. When I did it, it was part of the Liverpool Comedy Festival. When you did it, it wasn't. So you're not a Liverpool Comedy Festival winner. But you won. I did win, You yes. did win. You did win. What, what was that experience like and what made you want to actually do that? It's one of those things I've always wanted to do because I do believe I'm hilarious. <laughs> and at some point, you have to prove mm. to yourself maybe that you mm. are or not. Mm. I know you're the same. Obviously, my <laughs> bar was a lot higher because like better other contenders in the room and things like that. Bigger audience, more scary. Um, bigger audience. <laughs> but it's one of the, but that's, that's the kind of itch you're thinking. If you make people laugh, it's amazing, isn't it? I know you mm. think the same. When you're sort yeah. of in a room and people laugh at something you say, it's the best feeling in the world. Mm. And sometimes when that opportunity came along, it's like, well, I've got to do it. It just to sort of prove to myself. And it, it, it was one of the best things I've ever done. Maybe the best thing I've done apart away from family type stuff that I've ever done. It was incredible. And that buzz you get, and I know you got the same, even mm. though you somehow won a, an award for <coughs> it. I'm not quite sure how that... I've never seen a trophy, though. There wasn't a physical trophy. I was disgusted. Does that make it real, then? Well, that's the thing. I, t- I tell people I've, I've, I've won an award, and Leanne says, no, you didn't. There wasn't an award. I'm with, I'm with your wife. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I am a Liverpool Comedy Festival winner. That you can't take away from I've me. I've not seen that in writing anywhere either, to be fair. It, it's on the video. It's behind me. It says Liverpool Comedy Festival, and I won. So That's like a self-appointed <laughs> title, surely. Well, I'm not the Liverpool Comedy Festival winner. I am a Liverpool Comedy Festival winner. <laughs> But yeah, Sharon from Wirral Men Cap, who organised the event to, to raise money for Wirral Men Cap, she said there'd be a trophy, and but there wasn't. I, I, I've, I'm, I'm this close because we've got a client that does trophies. I'm this close to ordering my own trophy for that. I'd say that makes it just not a comedy award. If you had to buy your own trophy, <laughs> surely that, that's just that's beyond sort of big-headed. Surely buying your own trophy to prove that you're funny. What I'm just saying. Okay, I'm just putting it out there. Right. So, <laughs> I, I, I have to disagree. I think there should have been a trophy. And, but by and, way, it and, was an amazing thing to do. I'm sure you found exactly <laughs> the same. It was a cool thing to do. It was. Well, it. I, I really enjoyed the actual the learning. The, the, oh, that was amazing. The, yeah. Was it an hour or two hours we did per week for six weeks in the run-up to it, where we did sessions with a stand-up comedian yeah. who taught us improvisation techniques, who went through our routines and, and, and perfected them and worked on versions of jokes and punchlines that would work better. I, I would have paid... A lot of money for that training. Well, people do. I mean, how much they pay to do that. And we got it for free. We got it for free, yeah. To to do something. Like, I know you had a different guy. I had Sam Avery who did it with me. He was a really, really good guy. Well, I'm trying to get Sam Avery on this podcast, but he won't reply to my emails. Sam, dude, where are you? Yeah, do it, Sam. He's a... He's (laughs) He's a moderately funny... funny. And apparently an award-winning comedian without an award. (laughs) The award's up here. (laughs) Always, I'm often here. <laughs> it's always here, always here. But when when I went out on stage, I I didn't write anything down. I had nothing written down in advance. I know some some guys that were doing it um, had notes and they put the notes on the like the, the lectern and maybe dotted around the stage. But I never wrote it down to begin with. It was all worked through in my head because that's how I remember stuff. I knew if I'd written it down and tried to remember it, I'd have fallen over it badly. How did you approach doing that? I wrote some stuff down as we went through it because obviously mine was sort of around my sort of cancer journey and stuff like that, which in the end did turn out to be quite funny because there was some really surreal things that kind of happened when you're going through that journey. Cancer's hilarious, man. It is. Yeah. And I think it's... As, as, what's that band who did? It's Snap. He says, it's serious as cancer. When he said rhythm's a dancer. <laughs> rhythm's a dancer. Um, yeah. Anyway, back to the point. So it was, I never wrote anything down particularly other than wrote it, but then I recorded it on my phone and sort of did the, the whole script 
as mm. it were, via the phone. I just kept listening to it back in the car all the time. And then it just subliminally kind of fell. And I got bored of hearing my own voice. And you mm. almost stop laughing at your own jokes, don't you? Not that it's good to laugh at your own jokes. Yeah. But you almost stop laughing at your own jokes. almost stop laughing. But not quite. No, I couldn't bring myself that far. <laughs> but it, it was that kind of thing. But stepping onto the stage, I think I went last. Well, you did, headliner act, so was I. So it was kind of last. And I kind of deliberately wanted to be there, to mm. be honest. Main event. If only for people to remember me more than the mm. other people. And they the get more drunk. Yeah. So you become funnier the drunker they get. Yeah, well, yeah. maybe you disprove that fact. Um, but yeah, it was, it was just a joy to do. And that, that, I thought I slept for two days. It was just such a riotous sort of thing to mm. be in that room with lots of people laughing at you and sort of screaming and all that kind of thing. Mm. I don't think you can replicate that. It was just ridiculously fun. And I know we both want to do it again. Yeah. If only to work out who is the funniest out of the both of us and just to put that to bed. <laughs> I just thought you're banging oh. on about you're the, the reigning champion. I am the reigning champion, later. yeah. Because yeah, well, it was 2019. <laughs> Three years ago. Yeah, and they have not done it since. So I am still the reigning champion. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, they are planning to do a, a Legends event of previous winners. And obviously, we are both both up for that to find out who is going to be the funniest. It'd be hilarious if we didn't win either of us. And if neither of us, that would be brilliant. <laughs> that would be the perfect ending to it all. That would be fantastic. We both finished joint last. <laughs> yeah, that'd be brilliant. Just to cut our, our egos in half. Yeah, nil point. <laughs> that'd be brilliant. But you, you mentioned you, you did a, you, a lot of your routine was about the cancer, and I imagine the next time you do your routine as well, it will also be about that. There's parts of it. There's a couple of bits I want to add in just to finish off that story because I'm still here six years later. But as you know, I've got another cancer now. Yeah. I want to kind of kind of go on to... Because it's like Pokemon, isn't it? You've got to catch them all. <laughs> yes, hopefully not. Um, but my next routine, which is written, is to do with going through like an infertility cycle. That's my next routine. So back in the day, it was my wife then were trying to have a second baby and just wasn't working. So we had to go into... Hmm. the IVF and all that kind of thing, which again isn't maybe the most sort of naturally hilarious thing to go through. But again, the things you find yourself doing as a man to go through that system is bonkers. So it's based around that. So there's a little bit to start, which is to finish off the first cancer bit. And then it's all about around the the IVF stuff because the stuff I've got now, it doesn't feel quite as hilarious as the first cancer I had. And I'm not quite sure why, other than the fact it's incurable, so it's going to be there forever. Maybe it doesn't have that kind of in and out hospital quite so much. I am in and out hospital a lot, but it doesn't have those hilarious things with having catheters shoved up your knob and things like that, like it did last time. Which is hilarious. Yet. 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 I mean, to be honest, that's the worry for me. You know, you know, your, your cancer being incurable. When we go on stage one after the other, I'm going to struggle to get votes, quite frankly, because you've got an incurable cancer. How the hell can I compete with yeah, that? Yeah, but I'm not going to mention that, so it's a level play. You're not going to mention I'm it? I'm not going to go You're not going to drop that one in? No, I say not. I'll ah, not. there we go. I say He's, not. There, see, Come on. So, you, I mean, nobody, nobody th- thinks Unless about you're me, funny. do they? I'm, you go on, I'm, I might mention, throw it in. I'm exactly. the real victim here because it's going to be difficult for me to do that. I was thinking of actually doing my whole routine, just taking the piss out of you. I'd love that. Because I think that's, that's the only way, really, I'm going to win, to absolutely destroy you on the stage so that if it becomes so dark... I'd like that. Yeah. I'd love that. You Ex- know I would. 
I'm, too, I'm crying in the corner and I can't actually get on stage to do my routine. <laughs> win by default. I don't think we're going to win. I honestly think we'll just be voted against just to stop our egos taking over everything. That's yeah. what's going to happen. Yeah. You see, I, I, I was working on something on the lines of, you know, Daryl's obviously got incurable cancer. There's no way I can, I can beat that. You're going to vote for him. Whatever he does, you're going to vote for him. Unless he comes out on this stage and actually shits himself on the stage, he's going to win this. But even then, he'll probably get votes for you for doing that. What a party trick. But it would be great if you mentioned the incurable cancer and I don't, and you give me the sympathy via your <laughs> Routine. This becomes like Eminem, then, doesn't it? Eight, eight Mile. It'd be brilliant. <laughs> Fantastic. Have you seen that? Yes. But they do the rap battle, and he just uses all the information about himself, giving the other guy nothing. Do that. <laughs> ah, shit. Yeah. <clears throat> right. So, obviously, you 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 have an incurable cancer, which is hilarious. How does that leave networks? How are you looking to, to build that? Because you are still building it, aren't you? You're it growing the business. You think, yeah. you think, fuck this terminal illness, let's, let's, think, let's expand. Yeah, because I think the issue I've got is that people keep telling me to do less. And I've got lovely people around me because you know that I'm just... People text me all the time. People phone me, make sure I'm okay. People ask me mm. how, how I am at the meetings. It's, it's amazing. Apart from me, I've never done that. You have. I know deep down you love me. <laughs> you do. Yeah. You do. I know you do. Um, but then... I get told you need to do less. You need, but if I if I wasn't there at the meetings, is what do I do if I'm not there mm. to kind of fill that gap? And I don't watch the telly. I don't kind of. I find it hard to switch off. I've got a ridiculously overactive mind. I'm sure I've got ADHD. I've just never ever been sort of diagnosed with it. And I'm like, my brain is constantly on the go. And to just sit down and relax and do nothing is impossible. And the doctors tell you sleep when you're tired, do this, do that. But it's that kind of I can't because. Going to the meetings and being involved in the business is my medicine. Yes, I'm having other things done away from work, but that kind of keeps me going and makes you lot make me laugh continually. <coughs> and it's just a joy. And mm. if you've got people around you who make you feel wanted and, and loved and cared for, there's nothing better in the world. If you've got that, that is the best thing. Obviously, I'd like to have my health, but that's always going to be something that sort of slides but I can't switch off from it. So with that, yes, I am going to try and step back more from physically being at the meetings because obviously you're kindly running one of the meetings for me now. I've got a team of other people who run some of the meetings for me. But for me to step back entirely, I think it's impossible. I just don't think I could physically do it mm. and not have that that joy of being there to help people and to listen to what's going on in their lives And because it's an amazing thing that I've kind of built. And I realise that now 10 years later. It's taken me a long time to realise this this numpty who thought I had this idea of trying to do something different mm. now is an amazing thing. And it's kind of, it's grown way beyond what I've ever thought it would, but to grow it more now, I do need other people to go. I like what you're saying on this podcast. I like what I see on LinkedIn. I like the fact that Darren's involved and it must be good or whatever it might be. And then go kind of run a meeting in, I don't know, Manchester, Stoke, me a port, whatever it might be, mm. just to kind of come forward and have that that support network around them. Because when you build something good and you're proud of, you want it to keep growing, don't you? As a business mm. person, you naturally have that pride and that however much I'm poorly and knackered at times, you want to keep growing it and growing it and growing it just to see where it goes because it's become something ridiculous, really, hasn't mm. it, to be fair? It's kind of, when I started, there was... God knows how many B&Is on the world in North Wales, and they're down to like two or three. <laughs> so it's kind of, and that's not yeah. necessarily through things I've done, but it certainly has an impact yeah. on the fact that I'm out there offering something different. But 
I'm kind of keen to see where it goes. Obviously, we're going to be doing some stuff together moving into the new year, which is ace. Mm. I can't wait to start working with you and Leanne. It'll be amazing. I'm doing some post-out stuff. There's other stuff going on. This is brilliant to sort of highlight Mm. who I am and what we do. But I always want things to get better. Every business owner wants the best business possible, don't they? If you're a real Mm. businessman, you'll sit there and go, where can I take this? What do I need to make it better? And over the years, I've listened to other people. I brought other people in. I've realize that I'm really good at what I do, which is really hard for me because I don't like that kind of self-praise or people telling me you're you're ace. I'm not that sort of person. But I know I'm really good at what I do. Hmm. And I'm really good at getting the best out of people in those meetings and understanding what makes them tick and understanding what help they need and then hopefully point them in that right direction to get that help if they need help within the business and to find the right type of work for them, the right referrals and all that kind of thing. It's a joy, but I never want to stop growing it until at some point I will have to step back and I will have to mm. sell the business at some point or let somebody else come in and run it totally and I take more of a back seat. But right now, it's really hard, but I've got to start listening to the people who know what's going on in my body and not just go, <clears throat> fuck them, I'll just keep fuck doing what I'm, I'm going to do because it's... Some days I do feel like shit, and most days I look like shit, but that's nothing mm. to do with the cancer. That's just how I look. But <laughs> then it's kind of... I was going to say it. <laughs> <laughs> but it is but important for me. Like that, that is that continual medicine. If I wasn't there, and if I wasn't working, I know in my head the best way to, to not beat cancer, because I can't beat it this time, but to keep on top of it, is to keep proving that you can keep doing stuff. And mm. I don't want to sit on the sofa all day feeling sorry for myself, because that way your life just slides really quickly into a, a dark place, a really dark place, mm. really hard. So for me, it's always going to be about a gradual stepping back from things until my body tells me I can't do it anymore, which hopefully is a, a while away, yeah. Yeah. Do, do you, I mean, horrible question. Do you have an indication of how far away that could be? No, not at the moment. It's kind of, I'm having more treatment sort of week to week than I was. So that's always an indication of things are going a little bit south. Mm. But in terms of that, it, it, if I'm feeling okay, if I wake up and I feel like crap, I know I've got amazing people like you just to go, I'm not going to be there. I know you'll just crack on with it because everyone understands what goes on at the meetings. I don't need to be there. Mm. It's just the fact that I love being there because mm. it doesn't feel like work. It yeah, that, that chaos will happen with or without you. <laughs> yes, I've got the right chaotic people in my yeah. life to keep that chaos alive. But mm. it's not about... I think I've learned now when it was I first started I had a business which was being fed by the meetings so maybe I was or not maybe I definitely was more selfish at the meetings because I wanted I was doing the work to get people there and I wanted that amount of work coming back from being there now was that was that the mortgages still back yeah, then? yeah mortgages back then and PPI and stuff like that was going on but then for me now I've got no other axe to grind yes I make some money out of running the meetings and people paying membership, but the profit margin isn't huge on what I charge people to be there. Mm. It's purely done on the basis of, I love being there. It just gives me an absolute buzz to see people like you giving advice. Everyone in the room has got ideas they can share in that room. Mm. And we see it every single meeting. Yes, work gets passed, but the, the support you get, you can't maybe equate that to a figure sometimes. But I know people in that room will go away, implement things, and that will have a massive impact on their business. Mm. And we see it with a couple of people at the meetings recently, where the information they've had from us or the help they've had from us, they've gone away and acted on it has made a massive impact to them. And yeah. that's the joy, isn't it? Because if you've mm. got people around you trust, what could be better than that? So one of the things that I think is, is quite different about networks is the type of people 
that are in it. So if you go to a B&I, it can be quite stuffy. And it's often the same sort of suits, businesses, doing the same sort of approach. Whereas networks, what's the best way to describe this? There can be some really oddballs. <laughs> I'd include myself in that. Yeah. Some people that would never go to a B&I, or if they did, they'd run away from it screaming, I never want to go back. <laughs> so, like, like I was. <laughs> like, 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 like you were. So why do you think you've attracted these <laughs> strange people? <laughs> um, uh, my, my, my son came to a few meetings a few years ago. He was helping a catering guy out, and he was like going there to talk about mm. stuff. And he came away from the meeting going, all these people are just like you, Dad, they're all nuts. And it's kind of... But I think when you go to anywhere... I love networking. Networking as a concept is the best thing in the world. It's amazing. Mm. But in terms of when you go somewhere, you have to find something that suits you. So if you, you naturally, by walking into a B&I, if you're a suited man with a short sleeve shirt and a tie on and looks like a bus driver, maybe you'd want to go there and sort of be at that meeting. I don't know mm. to respect to B&I because <laughs> what they do is amazing and they've got a, a far better business than me. But in terms of going there and not liking it, there has to be an alternative for those people who don't want that regime or that mm. structure. So when you walk into a networking meeting, I'd say most people come, enjoy it, but they're not all going to join because they maybe want that they want, structure. They want structure, yeah. yeah. But if you go somewhere and you don't want structure, our meetings are perfect mm. because it, there's still that ability to talk about your business but in a much more relaxed atmosphere. There's no spreadsheets or traffic lights or anything like that. Like I said earlier, I believe that there has to be a lot of self-accountability when you're self-employed. You have to have that drive and that ability to make your business as, much, as successful as it can be. And we're in that room to help you achieve that and push it further. Mm. But I'm not there to say to you, why haven't I had a chat with Darren? Why haven't you done this? Why haven't you done that? That, for me, is just terrific. Mm. I know lots of people love it. Mm. And I'm never going to say I'm better than B&I or I'm better than B for B. I think I am, but that's by the by. But it's, it's about you find things that suit you. And by finding networks suiting you, you naturally have a tribe around you who are very similar to me and to you and everybody else. And that's what makes it work. So it's that kind of, that's why my sort of strap line is not all networking meetings are the same to try and make people think if you've been to a B&I or a B for B or whatever it might be. Or a 4N. Whatever it is out there, the more sort of formal Give stuff. back works. Wow. There's a lot out there now. So there are a lot, a lot out, out there, there. Yeah. yeah. But it, there's things out there which will suit you. And I say it all mm. the time, if I do things on LinkedIn, I think I said it two weeks ago, there's stuff out there that will suit you. It might mm. not be me. It might be B&I. It might be another brand. But somewhere out there is a networking meeting that's perfect for you. All I want people to do is come and find out if one of ours is that one. Mm. And if it's not, they come once for free, have a little mooch. If they go, this is absolutely awful, I get it. Mm. And they'll go and find a B&I that they love or another thing that they love. But if nothing else comes from today, if people have never networked or they haven't networked for quite a long time, go and do it. Because mm. we've said it a few times now at the meetings, the next 12, 18 months are going to be proper hard for people. Yeah. Proper, proper hard. And you need that support team around you. And no one does support and all that kind of stuff we do better than us. Mm. No one. No one at all. It's mm. just the best environment to be where you know you can be yourself. You can come in and go, I'm having a shit week. What do I do? Mm. And we'll give them that time to do <laughs> it. And that's the difference. But you always attract like for mm. like in life generally, I would say. So your, your, your tagline effectively is not all networking meetings are the same. And I think for anyone who hasn't been to a Networks, but they've been to a B&I or a B4B or a 4N or a Give Back Works, they are very much the same. 
because they all have a rigid structure. They all have very strict rules and what you can and can't do, whereas networks is different to them. So I think one thing to, to say to people, if you have been to any of those other meetings or you've been to multiple of those other meetings and you've not liked it, then networks is definitely the kind of thing to look at because it's, it's fucking chaos. <laughs> it's, but I love that. But yeah, yeah it's, it's fucking chaos. Yeah. If you're the kind of person who in school you didn't fit in with the cool crowd, then... You know, if you clearly were, I did, Darren, can I just say? Oh, obviously, we both did. We obviously, did. we both did, because people gravitate to us jocks. But if you weren't a jock in school... I or you misheard that at school. Oh, yeah. That explains a lot. <laughs> then, I think networks is, is definitely the place for you. It, it's kind of like, uh, if you've seen Dodgeball, yes. <laughs> Average Joe's Gym. You don't want to go to Global Gym. Global Gym is one of the other networking groups. You want to go to Average Joe's Gym. If you like dressing as a pirate... <laughs> I'd love that. If That'd you want amazing. to go there to escape That'd your wife, then Networks is Average Joe's Gym. I've just thought of that then. This is a perfect way of describing it. <laughs> you know, it's just the kind of, it's, I have conversations with people because I think people think B&I attract a better calibre of business, but they don't. It's, it attracts a different type of person. Mm. But if you look at the list of members at mine and at all the B&I, so obviously weekly I have a little trudge through the, the B&I membership list just to see how many they've got at each of the meetings. And not and to see if you've killed off North Wales yet. See if the North Wales meters have gone. <laughs> but it, it's the type of business that networking will generally attract similar types of size of business because mm. they need that support more. And you always find that solicitors will come and send members of staff and the council will come and generally send a member of staff to the meeting. Mm. But generally, it's sort of smaller businesses who will massively benefit from being there. It's just a different type of personality being attracted. And it used to wind me right up and had a couple of conversations with people who were at the... Uh, one of the Chester B&I meetings and it was like well no they're not better businesses it's condescending to say they're better business because they're not like for like they're really really similar it's just mm. a different personality of person who runs that business they mm. run it in a different way to you because mm. they're not going to go to a B&I for that they want to come somewhere where they can be themselves yeah. and that's the difference and I would I would challenge anyone to go through any list of the members at our meetings and all the B&Is around here they're really, really similar, just different personalities, wanting mm. something different from the networking. And I say, I'm never going to be a B&I type person or a B&I type structure. That's not me. No. And it's never going to be me. Oh, I know. Ever, ever, <laughs> ever, ever. Imagine the chaos I would ensue if I walked into to one of those rooms. Well, you have done. You've taken over like three B&Is. <laughs> that's true. But that's by the by. You've literally done it. <laughs> yeah, but, it's, but not through sort of... I never set out because I've said this to you before. The more people are in networking, generally, the easier it is to get people to networking meetings. Yeah. I, I know it's great that there's, there's six North Wales meetings now and they're all amazing. There's brilliant people at them all. But the more people are out there doing anything, it makes mm. it much easier to promote if you've got competition. Yeah. Well, let, let's, let's talk about that, actually, because I think that's a good thing to, to mention. And if you're allowed to, the, the, the B&I assimilation where you took it over like the Borg... <laughs> You went into a BNI meeting. Was it D side Springfield Hotel? I took over the. the there was a BNI meeting run there. It 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 went into meltdown. It and then it, Yeah. You assimilated it, and it became a networks, and yes. people were either assimilated or killed. <laughs> By killed, if you mean went to another BNI instead. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> they, 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 they They fled they in that. their starships and they escaped. Yeah, but it's a kind of weird thing because, like, looking back, I think that's 
it, that is one of the highlights of the last two years. It's like 18 months ago now that that happened. And obviously since then, the Wrexham uh, BNI has come across as a networked meeting too. And the sort of membership's doubled there, which is great. And it's a really busy meeting. Resistance is futile, isn't it? Resistance <laughs> is futile. <laughs> no, I do it in a nice way though. But it, it was kind of, because it was so sudden and so unexpected for me, and obviously mm. unexpected for the guys, and it was mostly guys at the, the Hollywell meeting or the D-side meeting as it was then with BNI. That was a really strange conversation to have because I got approached by the, the committee or whatever it's called in BNI now mm. to sort of have a conversation. And they wanted to keep it as a weekly meeting, keep a nice quirky name like all BNIs do and mm. sort of be call it BNI Phoenix or something like that because <laughs> it had risen up from the ashes or whatever. It's nice and original, that. Nice and um, original. But for me, it was about... It had to be a networks meeting and mm. we had a long conversation and I went along and spoke to the members before we started running some meetings with them. And some were really adamant that they were never going to come across, which is fine because there's people who were at that meeting who've been BNI members for like 20 plus years. Mm. And I get it. Why would they want to have the, listen to this knobhead trying to go, well, have fun and it'll be amazing. So like a stick of rock, you cut them in half, they've got BNI written yeah, through. Yeah, and I get that entirely because it's it's always been their life and it's worked for them. They've got work for them. I get it entirely. But I, I couldn't do a weekly meeting because, A, I've never want to do that because I build it around two weekly meetings. They wanted more, a bit more structure, but it had to be. So I ran three meetings, basically, without putting it out to the, the, the bigger world mm. to see if people wanted to do it. Um, and some people said, some people didn't even come to that. They just went and joined other BNIs in North Wales, which have since closed, but that's by the by. Um, <laughs> but then it was a question of, do you want to be here? Mm. Most did. So those that core of the BNI group are still at the meeting now, 18 months later, and they renewed into a second year, which is brilliant. But it's that weird sort of thing where I felt it, they felt it definitely, because I'm used to an audience of people who've come into networks and gone, but it's a networks meeting, I know it's going to be a bit like this. But when you've been ripped out of the womb of BNI like the guys there were, it was hard for them and hard for me to be there. And they may be looking at me going, well, go on then, show us what you're about. We've heard all this stuff about you. Wow us. And it took time, and I think it's... But as more people have joined who knew nothing about BNI, it feels like a networks meeting now. Mm. And I think hopefully if you asked all the people who came across about whether they enjoy that more than being at a BNI, hopefully they would say, yeah, they do, because they've been allowed to be themselves more. I think it... it I'm not in the, the, the business to keep taking over BNIs because they tend to be seven till nine o'clock, which just isn't in my constitution. No. To no. be fair, it absolutely kills me. And it, but, but it's down the road from where you live, so it's It handy. is. It's about yeah. a mile away from where I am, so it's great. Yeah. It's and then you play golf straight afterwards, don't you? I try to when yeah. I can. But it's just a joy, honestly. It's amazing. The fact that Rexham's there now and Rexham's nice and busy again, and, and I think they've embraced it as well. Mm. Hollywell meetings, ace, really good guys there who kind of, get why they're there. So you kind of, for me, it was just a weird thing when it happened. And I know it was weird for them as well to sort mm. of be in that conversation. But now, a year and a half down the line, it's ace. I love going there. Mm. It is just seven till nine o'clock and I, it yeah. takes me till eight o'clock to become they, me. And they've managed to let go of their, their traffic lights and their education slots. Well, and... well, we all had to kind of accept that that was going to be the way because mm. it's, I'm not have some weird hybrid of BNI and, and network. Imagine the weirdness that would be, like a camel sort of put together by a committee, isn't it? And it's that kind of ability to. For, and fair play to all the guys there; they have embraced it, and I think they realise that nothing's changed about the fact they're still passing lots of work to each other. Mm. 
they're just it took a while for people to get away from the fact I'm not limited to 60 seconds because I always find when BNI people come to my meetings they talk so quick because mm. they know they've got to get it done in 60 seconds yeah <laughs> rather than just kind of chilling and they've kind of <coughs> embraced it now and sort of chilled into it and and so they're not pinging glasses when people hit 45 seconds like sit down not doing imagine imagine <laughs> well, I think it, but that so, wouldn't wash at networks would it we just throw things at people after two minutes if they're waffling <laughs> two minutes <laughs> Two minutes. Or five in your case. <laughs> I'm not going to mention Sharon from Whittleman Cup. <laughs> Bless. So, so you've taken over some BNIs. You're planning to grow networks. You're, are you actively looking for people who want to do networks in different areas now? Yeah. Is that something you'd like people to get in touch with you about? Yeah, definitely. I think part of the, the new year strategy is to sort of move on with at least a couple of more meetings by the end of the year. I think I'm at 14, well, I think I'm at 14 now, um, which is great. But to get any larger, it needs either people who are already in networks thinking, I think I could do this and I quite like the idea. Can I give them support and stuff? I just haven't got the the energy to be there all the time. So it's it, people accepting that it's their own little business with some help from me in the background. And the stuff that we're doing with you and Leanne will help if someone wants to do that because we'll target those areas to try and get people through the door as well. Mm. So for me, it's just trying to up my game a little bit because I am a good businessman. I know I'm good. I'd, sometimes it doesn't come across as that and I kind of hide it under a bushel a little bit. You you mask it very well. I do. I'm you an do. expert, Tally. Yeah. That's for fear of people asking me to help them too much, though. Uh. It's a cunning plan. It's what it is. But I know I'm really good at what I do. And, and But I know there's other people. I know now by letting go that the meetings still feel the same without me being there. And that's been a big thing for me over the last year since mm. I realised I needed to step back. I just love being there, but people like Cassie at Colwyn Bay and Jude at Chester and all the other guys, Joanne, Joanna, Jenny, everybody else, are doing a great job of running the meetings. It doesn't need to me to be there, but it's still my business. I'm Not if you didn't mention Degsy at all there. Didn't mention Degsy. Oh, yeah. Desla. <laughs> um, but it's that kind of... If people love it, they want to do it. And they kind mm. of, I think people realize i think when you start to run a meeting you realize it's harder than you think it's going to be mm. some people are naturally good at asking the right questions and, and and having that flow yeah some people it's taken a while i would say to get that to a point where some people it's harder to find questions for than others it is like herding cats sometimes getting everybody to do what you need them to do in the right time yeah yeah and, and probing the questions because a lot of people will give the standard stock answer so what what can we do to help you oh just more referrals really it is. And, 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 what kind of referrals? I don't know. It is. And I've increased my accountability with that because mm. we're doing more training now. We're trying to push mm. people a little bit more on that side of things. Because I want people to do as well as they can. And like I said mm. before, it's going to be so hard the next year. The more we can help push people to, to achieve more, the better it will be. I'm not going to become this sort of spreadsheet vigilante and sort of point <clears throat> fingers at people. But it, it's it's going to be... <laughs> Just pushing people a bit more to kind of... Realize. You have only had two one-to-ones in the last six months. <laughs> it is. It is. May I bring certificates in? I know you love a certificate. Don't oh, I, lo- you? I love a certificate. You love a certificate. I love, I love, an, I love a trophy. <laughs> Where's my comedy trophy, Sharon? Where's my comedy trophy? <laughs> Please, Sharon, it? do not buy him a trophy. Do not buy Sharon, him a trophy. Sharon, I want that trophy. Ever. Um, <laughs> you what? know I will put that all over social media. You'll get so much exposure for it. Sharon, where's my trophy? Hold a little party bond like that. <laughs> well, like the ashes. A little tiny one. <laughs> Barely, just got D on the front, nothing else. Could be a little Lego man. I'll take that, I'll take that. <laughs> little balding Lego man. <laughs> Brilliant. 
You had to put the balding in, didn't you? You had to go for the... Says you, me. You. Says me. The like irony. Fucking John Luke Picard over <laughs> the there. The irony. I've had my beard trimmed, especially for today, though. Have, have you? Noticed? Yeah. No, I haven't noticed. I'm looking no. quite fit no. today. So you, you've, yeah, you've washed the gravy out of it. It's very good. <laughs> so one, one thing I wanted to ask, because a lot of people go to networking groups, whether it's a B&R or networks, and they just suddenly expect it to work. They turn up and they expect to get loads of referrals and go away and go back to their boss or go back to their business and go, look, I'm, that was brilliant. We need to join that because I've got loads of business. It doesn't work like that. No. Obviously. So what would you say people need to do to make networking and networks particularly work for them? Turn up. Turn up. That's quite important. Cracking. Turn I up. I would say. <laughs> Prepare what you're going to say before you go. Have a think about why you're there. Think mm. about before you join any networking meeting, why Mm. why are you going what do you want to achieve because if you don't know what you want to achieve how are you going to tell other people what you want to achieve and how are you going to take them on that journey that's really really important because I would mm. say 99% of the people go to a networking meeting at first thinking I bet this is really good I'll just go and you don't really get an idea unless you think why anything with marketing you know this far better than me anything you spend money on to build your business you need to understand why you're doing it yeah. What's the purpose? What do you want to get from being there? And then it's making sure you get to know the people in the room, interact, actually care about people. I know it's a different concept, maybe at B&I where it's a bit more forced. But with me, it's about the more you know people, the more you help people, the more you will always find that things drop in your lap or people start looking out for you more. Mm. And I know B&I call it give us gain or whatever the phrase is that mm. they use. But in terms of any networking environment, if you show you care about people in anything in life, you'll get your rewards. Mm. If, it's, if you keep things as simple as that, if you're just nice to people and you understand why people are there and you're genuinely interested in what they do, you will get rewards for that in anything you do, regardless of business, away from life, family stuff. The more you care about people, and that's come more home to me, I would say, over the last few years with being poorly, is that the care and the, the love that you kind of get back makes me a better person because I want to make sure I'm doing more for the people at the meetings and up in my game all the time. But if you don't get to know people properly, yeah. things aren't going to work out. Yes, things might land in your lap and go, I'll speak to Darren, he's ace at doing what he does. But the key is just understanding people. And naturally then you will have more affinity with some people in that room than others and you'll work together more. But I think that the biggest thing with, with networking is that expectation will just go like that. Mm. And it'll work regardless of the brand. And life's never that simple, is it? Let's no. Let's face it. It's no. never that simple. You might get lucky and get something the first time you go and then they'll probably join. But in terms, because I don't necessarily have a sales process. I want people to come. I have a bit of a sales process in terms of speaking to them after the meeting and this, that and the other. But I want people to be there because they want to be there. I don't want to persuade them that they should be there because mm. your seat might be worth £50,000 or whatever it might be. For me, I want people to come in and go, I love being here. On the back of that, I will help them mm. make it work for them. Because if you don't like being there, the chances are you're not going to make it work. If you mm. join just thinking, I need to be here. Well, that, 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 that's an interesting point, isn't it? Because that's something we discussed re recently when we had our networks hosts. Imagine that. Get up. How formal is that? Get up. I know, yeah. Well, it wasn't, it wasn't formal at all. <laughs> <laughs> it took ages for the coffee to arrive. I was disgusted. Well, we do it on purpose now, just to wind, <laughs> just to wind me up. Just to wind me up. But we, we talked about the attendance policy. Because, of course, B&I has a strict attendance policy. You miss three meetings in a six-month period, they can ask you to leave. You haven't got an attendance policy at networks, which means you do sometimes have members of networks who can miss three or four meetings in a row. And because it's fortnightly, you could then not see them for two months, which means they're not getting anything from their membership. It is. That's, that's changing in the new year because I have tightened up the terms. I feel I had to now because I've got to a point where 
if you turn up, if you, when you're trying to grow a meeting, um, like a Birkenhead, there's four new people booked on for the first meeting, which is ace. It's a great start to the new year. But if we get there... And we're in a new venue again. Uh, and we're, we're dipping in somewhere <laughs> else just for a change. Maybe yeah. Sharon will have a trophy for you when you turn up. Sharon, I want my trophy. Um, <laughs> but in terms of that, you do have to be there. So I'm tightening that policy. And I've never... There's terms and conditions now, but I've never really enforced them. But mm. I'd rather have... 10 people in who I know are going to be there than 15 with five coming and going as they please because, A, they're kind of blocking the seat for somebody else a little bit. Mm. But I know I've got to up that game. So there's going to be... The things that drive me insane is I just want an easy life now, to be fair, because I've got other shit going on that kind of drives me insane. But the things that annoy me at the moment are people not turning up often enough, and that's why I'm, I'm tightening the terms and conditions on that. And then people not paying me on time is the other thing that winds me right up. Mm. Um, so that's gone to change. So I've, I've tightened up or brought some terms and conditions in to sort of do that. Because I'm an easygoing guy and I want to help people as much as I can. Um, but there has to be that kind of line in the sand to kind of go, it's gone too far mm. now. Because I've still got bills to pay and this, that and the other. But in terms of the turn up, it's so, so, so important. And, yeah. I, and I will push that because I, n- I never want to get to a point where I ask someone to leave. That's not me. I'm not that person at all. Um, all I want to be is have people in the room benefit from having mm. you there to support them and everybody else who comes to the meeting to support them. Mm. Otherwise, what's the point of giving me a few hundred quid to be there? It's pointless. Yeah, if you're not going, it's not, it's not benefiting you. Because I don't get any joy out of thinking, oh, they haven't come, I've made another tenner. <laughs> it's, it's kind of, it's not like that. I'd much rather have everyone in the room benefiting because then mm. when people come and we've got a room full of people, they're far more likely to join if they feel there's a benefit of being there because people will come and if there's 10 of us in the room or eight of us in the room sometimes, you'll go, it's great, we get more time to talk, but that doesn't benefit the people who are there for the first time. They don't see that by being there for the first time. Yeah, They want to see that commitment of being there every two weeks and having a room full of people. It is, it is difficult if you're bringing visitors to a networking group and there's people who aren't there, members who are missing then it reflects badly on the meeting because the visitors coming in going, is it like this? Yeah, but I'm not going to go down the the line of you're not here because everyone has Mm. shit going on in their lives that means they can't make it. Mm. So uh, it's not kind of you've not been so I'm hoofing you out. But if people just aren't coming, that's a different thing altogether. I'm just not turning up. I'm not going to go, well, your mum's died, why aren't you here? Mm. Type thing. It's kind of being far more sensible about it than that, but still having that kind of line in the sand to go, we need to be here. Everyone needs to be there because mm. when everyone's there, magic kind of happens, doesn't it? And that's the, that's the basis of all networking. Mm. But I never want to go down that route of forcing anything on people ever because mm. it's not me. Okay. Um, normally at this point, I, I ask people what the future holds for them, but for you it seems like a bit of a dark question. But <laughs> well, hopefully, I still, hopefully I've got a future. <laughs> I'll ask it anyway. What, 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 what does the future hold for you? Let's go short term, not long term. <laughs> um I want to go on holiday quite soon then. That'd be quite nice. No, you want to get that out of the way quick. You want to get out of the way just in case. I think that it's it's doing... I know I've got to step back and I've I've said it out loud now at at Mm. the meetings. Like one of my goals for for next year is to, by Easter, to just be physically running two meetings a week rather Mm. than the, I think it's eight a week, I think I run at the... uh, Four a week I run at the moment just to sort of step back from that, which means I need to increase the size of the team who are running the meetings that I want to step back from. Right. So, that's so you my, want more people to join you as hosts? Yeah. Yeah. And that's the, the short-term thing before Easter is that. Longer term, I want 250 members by June. Cause I think I'm at 100 and... I think it's up now to 190-something. Mm. So I want that to be at 250 by June at the latest. Um, 
and personally, I think it is just to, to still be alive this time next year, to be honest. Yeah, I think I will be, hopefully, touch wood. Touch four, touch four Mike. Um, but yeah, because work to me is a, a massive part of my life. I think for everyone who's self-employed, it's a massive part mm. of your life. But I've, I'm, I'm going to say it out loud again. I said it out loud a couple of times now. I'm being paid by 200 people, £720 a year to be my friend because I'm surrounded by people who are my friends who I kind of love being around. So you're kind of an escort then, aren't you? <laughs> I'd be the worst escort. Imagine me turning up. <laughs> really? Yeah. It's not what I ordered, but I'll, I'll work with it. <laughs> We're sure. We're low on supply. We've got down to the bottom drawer. Um, but... But that's what, I, that's what my work is like now. Mm. I'm surrounded by people who just give me a whole lot of laughter. It's just the best thing in the world. But I know I've got to step back from that, however much I love it. My mm. problem is, like I said right at the beginning, is if I step back, how do I fill that void? Yeah. Because I'm not going to sit in the house doing a jigsaw puzzle or whatever, yeah. or building Lego sets or Transformers and stuff like that. There's a lot to be said for that. I've got a lot of Lego I haven't managed to get to. I've, I've never, I would help you. <laughs> I had another one turn up today. It's a Lego football table. Like a foosball. Oh, cool. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'll come and play that with you when but, you built it. <laughs> when I built you're not it. not allowed to play it. No, no, well, no, you can play it, but it, it's, it's a big... It's, it's behind a huge list of Lego to do that I've had for a long time, including the Lego Ultimate Collector Series. You have the most patient wife in the world, can I just say. She hides it well. <laughs> And I hide my Lego well, which I think is the key. <laughs> this office made out of Lego and she just doesn't know. <laughs> shh, shh. Right. So as a, as a final point, final thing now, because we're, we're almost out of time. Uh, if somebody wants to contact you, if they want to get in touch about going to a networks meeting or they want to get in touch about being a host or actually setting up a series of networks meetings themselves, what's the best way for them to get in touch with you? Um, email, phone call, LinkedIn. I'm there. So Matthew's only one Daryl Vickers out there, I think. <laughs> Hopefully. Yeah, I'd, I'd have thought there was. Hopefully, yeah. uh, my mobile's oh seven eight oh three two nine seven six oh seven. Um, if you want to hire a, a rough-looking escort, escort. <laughs> for the night, not the whole night though, because I've been in bed by half eight. Yeah, there's no limitations. Most most most, most escorts though. are in bed early. Yeah, but I'm asleep. Oh right, I'm I'm not making that gag. <laughs> so, but. I, I'd love people to come in the new year, honestly, because New Year's a great time to go. Everyone sits there, don't they? Going, my business needs to be busier next year. Mm. It's a great time to go network. And regardless of the networking, go network, people. It's the best thing ever. And you will, mm. I guarantee, you'll find something you love. Mm. It might not be me. It might not be B and I. But just go out there and have a go. Mm. And if you've been somewhere before and you've hated it, come and see Darren in Birkenhead or any of the meetings around the place. If we're in Birkenhead. We're definitely still in Birkenhead, and we will be back at Start Yard <laughs> on the 18th. He says confidently. Yeah. <laughs> We will. Yeah, Net- we're the network's nomads. This is going to be our 14th venue, isn't it, now? the We're on NCAP. I'm office. losing track, but yeah. I think we found the right one now. The one that we're not in at the next meeting. Yeah, let's move past that. Let's move past that. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> what a lovely way to finish. Thank you very much, Daryl. Thank it's, you, Darren. It, it, it's been a joy. It, it's been an experience um, having you here. I won't say pleasure. It's been all right. Um, th- thank you for coming in and, and being on the podcast. And um, I-, I look forward to... To seeing you in the new year at the next network. Sharon, meeting. can you come in with the trophy now? You always be trophy. Is this like <laughs> this is your life? <laughs> That'd be brilliant if you came in. It would, wouldn't it? it? Oh yeah, with fanfare and, and the mayor. <laughs> I hope oh, God, got... get me a trophy, Sharon, please. Please just get, to show me, him get me a trophy. Get me a trophy. Come on, I want to tr- just this guy with the microphone on the top. Oh, you're on a particular type of trophy. Well, yeah, it's okay. got to be like a comedy trophy. There's no point in me having a guy playing cricket on it, is there? <laughs> Genius. <laughs> Don't get me one with a cricket bat, Sharon. Get me one with a guy with a microphone. I want a comedy trophy. 
Liverpool Comedy Festival wow. winner. Stop the recording now, please. Let's, <laughs> let's, let's go home with Christmas. Right, okay, let's go. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you, Taryn. Taryn.